Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hi there. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And a real ripper of a tape from 1994, and I'm going to let Tara pronounce the name of it. Oh, Agonistes. <laughs> One and two. By? By DMDN. Which stands for? DVA met DVA Nix. There you go. <laughs> Explains everything. Yes. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got it and all course, figured out now. On the legendary gross tapes. Oh boy. It's a real beauty. Uh, this reissue is a beauty. Reissued in 2011 uh, by Supreme Tool Supplies on LP and by Industrial Recollections on CD. Uh, Connolly's have been showing off their tape copy. I have a CD copy of it. But uh, yes, this this tape is it's one of it's a great gross package. Uh, we I know we mentioned it was in our recent listening yeah. at some point last year, and uh, just sounded so good, looked so good. Uh, figured it was a it was a good time to to do it. We haven't done a project out of the Netherlands, uh, and so that, which is where DMDM is from. And uh, thought it'd be cool to do yeah. a gross tape of a uh, kind of an inter you know non Japanese artist, an international artist. But you kind of screwed up there. Kind of did because <laughs> as we learned from DMDN himself, who we uh, sent questions to, and he provided us with some incredible answers. He kind of considers this tape to be almost a 50 50 uh, collab between himself and third organ. That's so cool. Which is in the tape itself. It says thanks to Akihiro Shimizu for submitting tape materials, but we didn't realize for some reason <laughs> in my mind that meant that like Akihiro like submitted the master to, to, uh, <laughs> to uh, gross. But yeah, of course we interpreted that as something weird. Who knows? Who knows what submitting meant yes, in our minds? It, it yeah. turns out it was actually submitted material submitted Source to material. DMDN yeah. uh, to use on this tape. So very cool insight uh, already right off the bat. Yeah. But before we get to that, for Connelly's. sure. What oh. have you been listening to? Well, um, kind of still in a zone from our last uh, recording session when we did the Haters 7 Inch, uh, and due to the construction that was happening in the apartment next door, which continued throughout the week. Yeah, we uh, think it finished we yesterday, think it's done now. but woo. So we've been listening to a lot of construction, ergo, we've still been listening to a lot of Haters because yeah. it just seems so appropriate. It's just kind of like. It, the thing that's frustrating about the construction, though, is you just kind of want it to go for like a couple hours straight. It's the stopping and yes, starting that's like the be jarring. a full hater set. Like I'd rather just really be, yeah, I'd rather just sound like the haters. Yeah. Uh, like for like a consistent, you know, like mm -hmm. couple hours. I just had a new mailbox put on the front of my house. Thanks to my landlord, and he was like drilling into the the wall outside and take ripping off the old one and mounting a new one and. I, it didn't last nearly long enough to like grab a tape deck and record it. And I was like, ah, oh, this, I, this sounds cool. Sounds cool in here. Cause the sound of someone drilling into your wall from outside is kind of <laughs> yes. rad, but it, yeah, when it's like intermittent and then it's, and then it happens again, 10 minutes later and you're like, oh man, I was just getting ready to like watch a movie or do something total, total nightmare sometimes with construction. Or if they're smashing a wall down next to your bathroom and it sounds like they're coming into your room. <laughs> 
It's scary. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> with sledgehammers. So we just kind of kept the zone going, and um, the real standout um, we was the mind the gap scene. Mind the gap is so good. Yeah, and it's one of those like yeah, I mean Several it's totally times. good. It's classic, but it's like one of those things where it's like you know it had been a long time since we, was, yeah. since we listened mm-hmm. to it. So like, wonder what it does sound like on the re-listen, and it is. It, it is so so classic good. for a that reason. Is, yes. uh, that is GX stapling records with a staple gun, right? An amplified Co- staple gun. Yeah, yeah I, that was one of my first haters disc. Uh, is that Vinyl Communications? Yes, it is. Yeah, Absolutely. see, there we go. That was one of my first haters discs, and it still stands out to me. Like, I, it's just those those sounds, and I think that was one of the first records for me that I heard that made me realize that you could amplify ordinary bullshit. And it would sound mm-hmm. awesome. Right. Like right. GX has such great foresight in that of like weird thing. This thing sounds weird. What if we, what if we mess with it? And it just, it, yeah. it works out awesome on that one. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely, it's an incredible one. Great instincts. Yeah. And then, uh, and then also pull out drunk on decay in the shade of fire. So just, just had some, it just had a real nice haters week. That's been the, really the predominant, uh, predominant thing we've been mm-hmm. listening to in addition to, uh, this DMDN tape, which we've played multiple times throughout the yep. week, gearing up for the episode. Yep. What about you, Mr. Holger? Well, I've been listening to a lot of stuff that I am not going to talk about cause, uh, I haven't done a formal announcement yet, but I've got a lot of CDs in the works. So Ooh. I've been really, Ooh. really digging into a lot of that stuff. Just kind of being excited about the fact that, uh, Got some CDs, some reissue stuff, and some some new material, uh, so very excited. But I also uh, got some stuff in the mail and have just been kind of revisiting some things. So I also listened to The Haters. Uh, I got one of my, like, holy grail wants in the form of The Haters condom uh, enraptured violence split tape from 1989. Oh, so yeah. cool. it looks amazing. Yeah. You sent us a picture. It oh, looks so amazing. It, it sounds amazing. The Haters side is like buzzing drone for the entire length of it and then you can hear like stuff rustling around and getting and getting slammed and maybe some like over conversation maybe it's you know it's a live recording so it's the audience or something but the drone and the like stuff getting knocked around is so awesome sounding and the condom side is just like full 1985 condom live assault it, it rules wow comes with like shredded tape and uh ripped up flyer for the performances in the in the packaging too really cool sick uh, i got the i got the i think the first drape excrement tape which is uh alexis vimar uh who does soldner geist which we did a, a seven inch sunday inch. episode of sure did. and also the uh advocate ear hoheit opfer barite record which i really want to talk about sometime because it is fantastic Heck yeah. And so I got the first, the Sick Transit Gloria Mundi cassette by Drape Excrement and uh, just really good Euro PE from like 93, you know, the heavy electronics, European style, German style stuff. Uh, really nice. And uh, I listened to uh, Lionel Marchetti's Cirrus CD, which is on Oscultair Research and Ground Fault. Um, uh, Connolly, you'd recommended this one, or here if you recommended, or if I got it, and you were like, "That's a great one." Like the day I got yeah, it. Either way, we—that's yes. one we've been listening to a lot uh, in the past. We were in that we we're big zone with Marchetti and Groundfall, you know, about a month ago or so, and that was the CD that got played a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, we love it. Uh, really great, really minimal, really kind of clean 
field recordings and like electronic work. And then I listened to sort of the opposite of that, which is, uh, I think it's Arvin Milio, uh, which is some Swedish sound. I don't know, man, tape loops, sound art, whatever you, there is kind of the style in the early two thousands was a lot of that, like crude tape and harsh noise stuff. And this is one of the like standout bands of it for me. So I have tracked down a lot of their stuff, but I listened to the orienting Edena Varld CD on, uh, Yud and build, and I am saying all of that wrong because it's like it's, pre- not it's a pretty wild. Yeah, it's yes. pretty wild. The, the the sounds that are coming out of your mouth were there. It was like a release of its own because it was it was wild sounds and wild words, and I didn't know what any of them meant. Uh, and then I I followed that up with uh, something else very much in the zone, uh, which is altar of flies. Let new life rise in the face of death. Uh, more. Real to real tape loop field recording crude microphone work, uh, another great great disc, and that was released by Hostin and Corset. Uh, there's some like umlauts on the. St- I, I'm I just I should just <laughs> give up. It's a lot of words. You're, it's a lot of words. Yeah, uh, it's, a lot of sounds. Vowels <laughs> we're of, not familiar with. And if you've ever <laughs> spoken to someone from from Scandinavia, you'll know that none of none of the words that they would say none of those words the way I said them. So, correct. Yeah. So uh, apologies, apologies all around. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, there's more, and I'm instantly forgetting it here because it's been like a slew of CDRs of stuff that's in progress. <laughs> so we can leave it at that. That's, been a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff uh, coming out on Kendritic. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I've been I've been uh, excited to do some more CD pressing, and I've been uh, going to be reissuing some of my favorite records by favorite artists and also putting out some some new stuff in fact a couple things a couple things coming soon one of which uh well you already know about oh do i interesting do yeah. i I, oh, think, do you, Tara? I don't know maybe i think so we don't communicate uh, we tara and i only communicate like on the podcast yeah, we only actually communicate publicly yeah yeah, now. This, yeah 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 so like <laughs> she's yeah. getting filled in now well, you know what i guess this will come out maybe a week before this the bacillus cd comes out so the first bacillus full-length mm-hmm. uh cd will be out on chondritic and uh some other stuff some other stuff there's a uh, i'm not Heck gonna yeah. i'm not gonna blow anything's release date aside from that but uh, I think ban- new cool. Bandcamp No Fee Day is uh, June fifth, so that'll probably be up for that, and uh, maybe some other stuff. And I think we might even do a list of uh, cool Bandcamp stuff we like. Yes, yeah, oh, yeah. Nice. For, we'll do that for the episode that'll come out the Wednesday before. Yeah, we'll we'll make we'll do little sure. little recommendations or whatever. You know, uh, it'll be it'll be. Cool, and we, we obviously just love we we love everyone supporting uh, the artists and labels on those days. I think it's I think it's so awesome. And um, then I I listened to this DMDN uh, maybe like four days ago, kind of getting ready to do the episode, and I listened to it you know several times this year because you had recommended it, and then I got it in a trade and have just been just been listening to it, and it's such a killer killer release. We had to talk about it. It's so so good. It's I, really good. I think while we were listening to it this time, I kept repeating the phrase, "This is a celebration of noise." Yes, like he it did. just it's it, it's two twenty minute sides, you know, just yep. and it's just 
pure, it's just pure noise, you know, just it's pure noise, atmosphere, free atmosphere, a celebration of noise. Yeah. It takes you on a journey. Oh, it's just so, it's so awesome. And this was a great time for me to explain what agonistes is. Um, so, you know, in, in Greek, uh, agonistes is contestant. So it would be a contestant in public games or a person engaged in a struggle. If you're talking about like, um, Greek plays. So someone engaged in a struggle. Agonistes. All right. <laughs> That's exactly what it sounds like, too. <laughs> yeah, I think it fits giving the sort of collaborative nature of the recording, too, to kind of have have them at odds, <laughs> maybe, with each right. other. Although and- it's they, it gels perfectly well, which is a really crazy, crazy thing for this. It, it sounds so natural. This feels like two people in the same room on the same <laughs> vibe. Well, totally, mm-hmm. and and before no, before really having the full realization that it is Third Organ and DMDN collaborating, I in my mind it was just DMDN live in a room, yes, you know, just doing a forty minute, you know, or two twenty minute, you know, live takes because it has that live in the moment feel, and and he did say that that is what he wanted to go for, but it, you know, instead of it's two guys in the room it's third organs on a on a tape submitted put fed into a four track and then dmdn that's so is, is doing his thing over it so this this listen was the first listen that when we were like oh it's third organ and dmdn and you can feel third organ in there yes. because it's, no, it's so harsh like yes. third organ is so harsh. you really can't hear it when you know and you listen i mean it's one of those things yeah. like i didn't know before so i i didn't wouldn't have guessed but now yeah. listening to it you can sort of pick out elements of it and you man it's such a it's such a great collaboration the fact that like you have these sort of this nice collision of these sounds of and it's one of the things I noted especially through like the first I don't know two-thirds of uh, Agonistes one is the the it's it's high energy but it's not high activity like there's an energy and and essence to this material, but it's not a freak out. It doesn't it never feels like it's out of control or going wild. It's really like it's amped up, but it's super it's not like like incapacitance or something where it's like a freak yeah. out. You know, it's like it's not unhinged. It has that level of energy, but it's but it's restrained in this really really cool way. Like these sounds rule and they let it really ride out, but it's got such a nice driving force to it that it you're never bored. Forty minutes, you're never once like, oh man, I wish this loop would change or oh man, like it doesn't mm-hmm. happen. Well, and that first track's especially industrial too. There's that great. There is that kind of loop, which I'm assuming is a that synth. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And it's so awesome, and it just it, mm-hmm. it it sets this like grounding like thing. Even though it kind of feels like it's coming from the sky, it kind of gives a little frame within to work, and it's so awesome. Um, so we asked uh, Jack Van Buzel, uh, the man behind DMDN. A uh, bunch of questions, and he was very cool. Gave us some great answers that we're going to be relaying to you all throughout this episode. Man, I learned and a lot from his answers, and he also yes. sent some oh, killer like YouTube videos. If he referenced Dude. like something that got him into, or, you know, something that was influential, he like linked the tape or whatever. Like it, really awesome way to answer <laughs> some questions. Really, man. So cool. Thank cool. you, Jack. So cool. It was really thank you. Ooh. 
Like I didn't. I would have never known that he uh, formed a female fronted post punk band in eighty three in the Berlin Wall as a a young teen. And they're killer. And it's like so killer. And it rules. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like that Um, was. That's awesome. So, so cool. We're going to be disseminating this information throughout the episode from his early beginnings uh, up through some other really cool stuff he did. But this um, relates to just kind of how we got in touch with Gross and how the Gross tape came about. And I, you know, we asked him, you know, how he got in touch with Akafumi and as well as how he got in touch with Third Organ. And this is what he had to say. I have a very bad memory and I don't remember how I got in touch with Third Organ. Can relate to that. <laughs> but there was a moment when he suggested sending recordings to me and starting a collaboration. I think Obe had a policy of publishing only one release per artist, and Third Organ already had one. So it was released under my name. We contributed equally to this issue, so I consider Akihiro as a one-time member of DMDN, which I think is so cool. How cool is that? I think that is so cool. We were so stoked. And and of course, and and b- b- before DMDN, um, uh, Jack had started the THU 20 uh, project. I always say THU 20. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be THU 20 or I've always just said even, THU and 20. Even they wouldn't say 20. I mean, maybe it's, right, it's but not that's, supposed I, to be in English. Who knows? I've always, because it's always the capital TUH 20. So that's, I've just always. THU. What do you say, Gray? I've always said THU 20. Oh, there you go. So either way, but uh, it it predates cool. <laughs> DMDN by a few years. And that was, it was a, multi, you know, it's a band. Um, multiple people. Franz mm-hmm. D. Ward uh, was a later member of it, but uh, um, you know, mid to uh, on the other side of the mid eighties um, of the project he started. And there's also a through twenty cassette on Gross as well, which we have. So you know, Franz just uh, published a book of Vital, the magazine that he did before he was doing Vital Weekly. He made like a fanzine with mm-hmm. reviews and stuff. And uh, there's a a big book of all those reviews and stuff from the magazine that just got published. Uh, I think it's just called vital and uh, I'll put a link to it in the description if I remember. And it's a, I'm, I'm anxious to get a copy. Very cool. But yeah, but Jack and frenzy were definitely worked together, you know, uh, for, for since the Mm eighties. Um, so, but yeah, so, so this, the DMDN tape and the, and the through 20 tape, you know, kind of came out around the same time on Gross, both 94. Um, also, a very strange package on that one, the the Food 20 tape. Uh, sadly, I'm not a thousand percent sure what it is I right know, now. I know, I was we looking around it. like, uh, we, 100, we can't find it. That's one that we 100% have, so. But the packaging on this is sick. It's just such a nice, it's just a nice, just like, pleasing Gross tapes are so good. But this one particular, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's upsettingly good. Like the paper is like pearlized uh, and it's perfectly embossed. Like every edge, look at this gray. Like uh, uh, making great audio content right now. I know, right? Every edge is perfectly embossed. yeah. Yeah. And they have like this lovely. Um, like piece of mesh uh, that intertwines in the paper. I, it's it's you know. I I just like to picture can't say enough Akafumi like <laughs> assembling all of these tapes meticulously because I you don't see ones that look shoddy. Like I've not seen a gross tape. No. Admit, like someone might have beat it up because they don't take care of their tapes that well. Uh, but I've never seen one where I'm like, oh yeah, this this folds off and this lines off. Like no, they all each one had to look like the like you know showroom quality. 
Yeah, he's not hand folding here. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's even scored on the fold. Like it's crazy. It's it's so good. Great job. <laughs> <laughs> I love this Tara with her great job. Like just letting you know, great job. Oh, you did such a great job. I love it. I love it. Um, but yeah, like it just this, you know, this especially this first side, just this grinding swirl of noise that is just so you know you right from right from the first second you're just so in and you're just you just kind of let this thing build and grow and shrink and grow and there's so many little subtleties it's like in, this is noise yeah like, this yeah, is yeah. noise that's what the, it is it's the noise. second it starts going uh, my first yeah. words are power scrap and metal collision and that's really yeah. like yes what you're hearing to me but there's all these sort of and part of the reason i say it's uh high energy but low activity is there's a lot of like strained sounds that are sort of these like grinding fighting for air kind of sounds that come out in it. And there's kind of mentioned the loop. I probably mentioned the loop three times in my own notes just because it keeps going for most of the piece and it's awesome. But you're given like a, a very, uh, to me sort of like Tetsuo, the Iron Man vision of like, uh, like some kind of wasteland here with flashing, like discarded but flashing circuit boards and junk metal and just like heavy kind of churning underground it's uh, man yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel human and the the grinding uh is really really phenomenal uh we asked him you know kind of the actual recording process behind the tape and this is what he had to say At the time, I put a selection of the Akihiro recordings on my four track and also added my sounds to it. And I made several live mixes out of that. As with all other DMDN tracks, you can hear a kind of live feeling. I'm really more into real time action than putting tracks together in a composition. I'm also very different from other members of Through 20 who often make music in a more composing way. For me, feeling and especially adrenaline is an important factor. I've always loved to play in loud live bands where overwhelming the audience is an important factor. So makes total. I mean, that's what this is. It is in the moment. It's adrenaline. It's and he linked to other bands that he was in, and they were both awesome. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Killer, just like (laughs) just like you said, loud live bands. Oh yeah. Well, it was the Berlin Wall, and then Lude, which was really. a cool, like two actual bands, like he plays bass in both of these bands, uh, and then also the Death Pact stuff, which I guess we'll get to here. Well, we can just get into it now because one of the most interesting uh, bits of history um, of of his is the work under the Death Pact name uh, with Franz D. Ward and kind of under the umbrella of Death Pact International. Now, a little history on Death Pact International. It was started by the Grey Wolves as, well, actually, I'll just read the kind of, there's a little a little rundown about what Death Pact International was. Death Pact International is a name that can be used by everybody who is busy making music by post. People sending noises to each other are using these noises to make new music. Everybody can use these pieces. They belong to nobody. They belong to Death Pack International. We hope other bands will use this name to create further chaos and confusion. Copy this tape and other Death Pack International tapes at will. There's no copyright 
Use any pieces from these tapes as and when you please. Copy at will. There have been many involved in Death Pact International tapes to date. If you are involved in collaboration, music, noise through the post, then feel free to use this name. Death Pact labels, Death Pact publications are on the way. Be part of the confusion. Yours, too, must be free to be copied at will. There is not and should not in the future be any copyright at all on Death Pact International projects. Copy at will. So cool. So, <laughs> so I know immediately cool. we're like, we need to revive this. This is so cool. Yeah, yeah right? Done deal. <laughs> totally. And so, so what, th- what they did was they kind of took the name Death Pact and made it like a band, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jack and Franz D. Ward. And they also did collaboration releases. So they did one with GX. There's one with DMDN and P- PDM, which was a solo project of Franz D. Ward at the time. Um, and yes, there is live footage of Death Pact, and it's awesome, and it totally, oh, it totally sounds, it sounds like exactly early, like you think it would. Yeah, early '80s UK power electronics. You know the high tones. Mm-hmm. You know minimal. Uh, it's it's so sick. And uh, we asked him about he, he oh and he the, with the under the the tapes that they released. They called it Death Pack Mail Music because part of it was the the tapes were idea the idea was it was going to be male collaborations, and so we asked him about that, and this is what he had to say. I've always liked the English power electronic scene and the Death Pack International releases as well. Actually, the concept was that Death Pack would be some kind of anonymous noise collaboration of which all releases could be copied and distributed at will. But our variant was actually the name of the series of cassettes of collaborations of two noise artists that were simply mentioned by name. Franz D. Ward, who is active under the name Post Destruction Music, a.k.a. PDM at the time, and myself also did a number of live performances under the name Death Pact. I don't know if the original founders of the Death Pact principle knew about it, but we went our own way. Which is kind of a cool thing to know. Like he's not even sure if they were even yeah. aware that they did. I love you know, that like bit of info yeah. about it, where it's like, yeah, we we took their idea and did what they said with it, and that that's yep. all that mattered, really. Yeah, it's and, awesome. they, and they look the tapes look incredible. They're just awesome, black and white. The Dutch have a special way with the photocopy and layout stuff. When you look at a lot of the the 80s Dutch tapes, like when you look at any of the club moral stuff or the force mental zine, like any any stuff coming out of the Netherlands generally has a pretty wild and unique look to it. I think that's a pretty cool thing. And he sent us a link to the discogs of the tape that inspired him to start his own label. And um, what was that called again? It, it was, was the Ruzi. Ruzi on the Ruzik label. And it, it is so killer. Gray, you should check out that tape. It's like oh, huge. Looked- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the like panel with art for like each project involved in it with yes. like hand drawn logo thing. Like, like it looks colored awesome. Colored pencils and markers. Yeah. Um, no, it was just so sick. Like, and it's that cool was great. because he said that how he came across that tape was he was he said he he said I started buying fanzines and music magazines and I read an article about cassette labels and there was also an advertisement of a Dutch cassette label and I just ordered a random compilation from its catalog so it, you know kind of what we always talk about yes that that thing of just like I'm just gonna randomly order this it sounds cool I'm psyched I'm like want to hear some new stuff and then all of a sudden your entire world you see an ad for a catalog and you're like sure yeah your entire world I got 10 just, bucks let's do this you know gets blown up and he said you know he, he started getting exposed to the weirder music through the John Peel show uh, which mm-hmm. is re- you know which is really cool and that's kind of how he started making his way into 
the stranger the the stranger ends of sounds and starting of course like we mentioned his band the Berlin mm-hmm. Wall and then uh, eventually moving on to to harsher pastures <laughs> yeah oh and yeah when he was doing the Berlin Wall the Berlin Wall was up oh yeah yeah good point um, <laughs> but yeah so but he you know he ran his own label as well as the Death Pack you know mail order he ran the Midas music label went under mm-hmm. the different Midas music Midas tapes. Uh, and at first he started releasing kind of more post-punk, new wave kind of stuff, uh, you know, until it eventually predominantly, you know, noise, stuff like the haters, etc. We asked him kind of how, when he, you know, kind of got came across, you know, straight, you know, what we would call, you know, noise, industrial, moving on from the post-punk um, stuff. And this is what he had to say. In 1983, I was in a record store and found the Noining Game LP released on Broken Flag. I was completely intrigued by the cheap DIY record cover, and the only artist I actually knew was the Splendor Geometrica, which I had heard on Dutch radio once. I bought the LP on a gamble, and a whole new world opened to me. So again, it's just like, man, I love that. I love... No, you know that is just that key that unlocks the kingdom. I, I think it's really cool to just... I mean, we all have that moment, those of us that are in the noise, where you, like, realize this is a thing <laughs> and that you like it. And for it to be Noyengam is, like, pretty pretty cool. But also, like, I, the only band he'd heard of is a Splendor Geometrical, which he heard on the radio. And yeah, I love wild. it. Dutch radio, there have been those uh, Mort Ox... Mort Avok or whatever the those uh, CDs that have been put out that are all like Dutch radio performances or not I don't know if they all are but I feel like a handful of them are um, mm-hmm. and having a stall plot stall tape based out of the Netherlands like there was so much activity going on there it's really cool to think about tuning into the radio and hearing Splendor Geometrico it's yeah. so awesome and you can still do it in some places with like Killer College Radio and stuff like I know you know Damien Romero has a Psychotechnics show which uh, previous guest Eldon sometimes DJs on and you could tune into that thing and hear Splendor Geometrico being played you can hear you know you could hear uh, Through 20 or DMZN being played you could hear a train record a steam engine record being played you could hear whatever so I, I think that that's uh, still a nice thing and the randomness of radio should not be underestimated. It's not putting on a CD you want. If you have a show that someone's doing a cool radio show, you're going to find out about something new because you're not picking it, you know? I I think that's the, what, a great thing about radio, and it is, is that kind of you're left to the... Uh, to the um, devices of the DJ, not just and, and you yeah. can't see ahead. It's you curated by ahead. somebody other than yourself, and and you you have to wait. You have but to even, wait through it, even if you don't like it. But even more so yeah. than like a playlist where you could like look ahead and kind of yeah. see like what's coming next. I like the mystery of finding out what's going to come out on the radio. I actually did a a really cool interview a few weeks ago with a Saginaw uh, small community radio station. Oh hell yeah! Uh, and uh, and it was it, that it was really cool. I I think I I actually I apologize. I forgot to post the link or something. I think maybe oh, I'll have to pull it up and we can we can send it out with this episode. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, very 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 cool uh, radio station. Um, so we flip this tape, and we get a different palette, but we're not straying too far from what what 
what's laid out on the first side. I mean, it's de- it definitely has a different feel. There's definitely a lot of different spaces that it goes, but we're still in a great 20 minute slab of noise celebration. Yeah, it's it's not as aggressive. It's more sinister. One thing that uh, probably regular listeners of this podcast will notice is that I tend to not get too uh, lyrical or fanciful with my descriptions of stuff, and I'm focused on the technical and the sounds a lot, whereas the Connollys, I think, uh, go a little deeper, eyes closed, visualization. The fir- you'll know I'm not talking about gear used at all on these tracks. I can't tell what's going exactly. on. Exactly. Yes. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Maybe there's a guitar that's been used for some of the sounds, just based on some of the very subtle things I hear in it that are indicative of guitar noise, but also synth and electronics and a bunch of stuff I can't figure out. But this this piece I did pretty much entirely sort of interpretive writing of the mood I was in and oh I love it I like I I was I, I, you know what I'll read it it's I don't do this often. I would, please do I, we go would, for it I'm I'd very it. excited about this all right churning submerged high tones leaking from cracked ocean floor the rift widens what was earth is now skin a heartbeat appears the skin is now space a galaxy unfolds and a star explodes into white light my eyes need reprieve, but my ears don't. <laughs> that was like the wow. first seven minutes <laughs> of this piece. That. I was just like yeah. completely sucked in to the world that this sound was creating. And seriously, like I had to shut my eyes. I closed my eyes while listening. And I was like, I I want to stop seeing whatever I'm seeing and just feel what this this sound is taking me to. Oh man, yeah. I love that. I love where it took you to. It's, this um, is really, and I actually, I made a gear note at the very end because it's one of those pieces that I, I forgot. <laughs> I just, I'm looking at it right now, which uh, I'm pretty sure there's a boss PS2 on this thing or PS3. Well, maybe, but maybe that, <laughs> but, <laughs> but maybe that's, that's but pretty that's, sure. Maybe that's third organ though. Yeah. Because didn't we establish that third yes, organ? Used yes. That? Yes. So, yeah, so maybe was. that's the third organ part. Yes. It had some of those glassy uh, tone shifts that we hear in the third organ stuff and that we talked to Jay Howard from circuit wound about uh and end rend <laughs> it was one of those yeah, things exactly. of like it had some of those tones in it that i really really like and stopped buying those things because i'm trying to get one cheap nice and uh and tara actually pointed out she kept thinking she was hearing maybe vocals in certain parts and it's very possible because actually the one of the few pictures of dmdm he's got a microphone in his mouth, so yeah. and that could I, on, I, on both tracks there yeah. were there were parts where I thought there so were vocals. So it could totally be some weird buried vocal sounds. I'm not sure, you know. Dude, he looks cool in every photo and video he sent us. I yes. was like, damn, I want to hang out with this guy. <laughs> totally, <laughs> he, just, he looks totally. like he's having fun. He looks, he just looks like a cool dude. I don't know. It's one. <laughs> sometimes you see yes. a picture yeah. and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, you you probably pretty cool. Uh, and you. Know, <laughs> You know what's crazy is that DMDM did not ever play live. No which way. Which seems no. wild. Like yeah. Thu 20 played live, yep. Lude, Berlin Wall. But um, so I asked him, I just kind of assumed that DMDM would have done some live shows, even though we couldn't find any information on that. So we asked him um, if this, if again, kind of assuming that he did play live, if, if this tape would have been an indicator about what a live set would sound like. And he said, this tape definitely, definitely would have been an indicator of what DMDM 
uh, a DMDM live set would have sounded like. Um, but I also consider the recordings of the cassette Hoskins versus Rampa as, as an example of what I would like to do live. The hard abrasive noisy work, but also the alienating ambient gloomy feeling. Unfortunately, I never had the time to get a DMDN live set together. My free time was mainly working at V2 as well as activities with Lude and Thu20. In between all those, I made recordings at home under the name DNDN. And then also did Death Pact Live. And V2 so, is so cool. Oh, yeah. V2 is amazing. <laughs> of course, he said he started working for V2 in 1987. Um, so he was right there at Ground Zero. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's but it, that's the thing is listening to this tape, it feels like I just can't imagine this. This would translate to a live set so perfectly. And the way he said alienating, ambient, gloomy, I mean, that's the second track. Like, there's stuff, there's that just alienating, nails it. gloomy stuff on that <laughs> it's second track. Alienating, ambient, gloomy. Yeah. Yes. It's add, so add some creepy noise and you're done. <laughs> cosmic for like the first seven, eight minutes. And then it switches tone and it becomes this uh, weird inner, like interference sounds. And then it goes to, to quiet junk. You, it's, it's that scrapyard ambience where it's like loud sounds, quiet. The junk is in the background. It's never overwhelming. It's never harsh in the forefront distorted. It's just sort of like scraping and creaking away in a junk pile somewhere. Well, well Gray, you know what I saw? I saw like um, a radio and a swamp at night. And then maybe there's like a gator off in the distance kind of hanging out. Uh, and then just this radio is kind of playing like static and garbage. I love it. I, I, wow. I, I really got to, there's a, there's a note here that just says glistening layers. And oh wow, I, that's, I think when I, when I made the PS2 note was around then where I was like, I, these, these little shards of different things, there was sort of like a feedback sonata going on. There was these weird melodies mm-hmm. of feedback and different tones and dude, it was really special. Such a great use. Of I feedback. know what you mean. No, I know what you mean. There's this part near the end where yeah. the feedback kind of like I was like, "What is going on?" Because it feels like it's playing each. It feels like it's affecting each other. It feels like it's actually interacting the actual sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know this is it's four track. So you know there's something really special about four track and noise. It's a lot of the things I think we love are four track magic. And I think so too. It's the age of digital is certainly wonderful for the convenience. I mean, like I have several digital recorders, a really nice interface with it does eight channels and all this stuff. That's great to record and capture on, but sitting down with a four track and working with the limitations of the four track is really really special and they all have their own sound. I, I have two Tascam four tracks here from vastly different years and, and kind of iterations of that mm-hmm. thing. And they sound different. They're, they're different. Yeah. Beasts. They have yeah. different EQs. They have different preamps. They, they work the, you know, the, the electronics are different and that imparts a character. It's one of the reason people fetishize old gear or this and that is sure. You can get those sounds with a virtual synth and you, if you play something for me on a, a virtual MS-20 synthesizer and a real MS-20, play it back on my stereo, I I probably can't tell you the difference. Like, I really probably can't. But interacting with it is a different thing. If I have to sit down in front of one of either of those things and make that sound, mm-hmm. that's a different story. And same thing with a four-track is, like, you, you have to sit down and interact with this thing, and you have to really figure out how to use it, how to make it work, and everyone has their own way of doing that. So tape saturation, overloading, mixing live on it, figuring out how to do all that stuff. Some of them 
the, this old Tascam I have has probably my favorite parametric EQ in the entire world. Wow. And it's really just really a great, great thing to have, you know, to have at your disposal. They actually broke that thing out into a separate rack mount of four of those parametric EQs. <laughs> which I really want to buy. Did? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, wow. Like back in the day. That's on yeah, the list. Yeah. It's, it's like a <laughs> giant rack mount parametric EQ bank. Oh, that's killer. <laughs> but yeah. But even like, even the way that, you know, you taking third organ, feeding it into the four track, putting his own stuff over it, it, it changes the way the third organ. So it, it just all kind of morphed through mm-hmm. this in this four track soup, you know, fed through, fed through whatever he's feeding it through, fed through his own human pedal, him DM <laughs> DM as, as a pedal. pedal. <laughs> uh, and, and this is what you get. And it's just so, man, you guys really hit it. I, I feel I can't, I feel I, I, maybe I was, I went more, did I go more literal a little bit on my notes? I feel, I feel inadequate. You guys really nailed it with your <laughs> descriptions. Oh, there was yep. this one part that I felt was, I, I felt okay, so I was also in I was in a space and it, but it was hard for me to really picture the space I was in. But there's this one point where I felt like I was under a bucket and raindrops were dripping in the bucket <laughs> and I could only I could hear from under the bucket. Nice. And there's this part is kind of in the second half where there's these weird kind of like what I thought were oh, water jobs. Exactly they what you're talking yeah. about. Yes. Yeah. Because yes. they and, and they weren't like um they didn't have a tempo or a consistent rhythm. It was it felt very rant if I had a random rain feel to yeah. it. Uh and there's I love that part. There's only a few things in here that I would say are uh, g- give sense to any rhythm and it's it's very infrequent and they're really longer, so it never feels like a never feels rhythmic. Like when I said a heartbeat appears, that fades very fast. Uh, that yes. those sounds that do give something to grab onto are kind of gone. The, the even the loop running through the first piece, it's mm-hmm. there for a long time, but it changes and shifts subtly, and everything else around it is moving, which puts it in a different light. Every like every couple minutes, it sort of finds its way to nestle into the other sounds being made, and that's a really cool thing about this release. Is like. It changes even the static elements or the more repetitive elements of it change as you listen to it because of the way everything else is changing around it. And maybe some EQing and some messing around with those things as well. But uh, from the second I got this one and, you know, one of the things that kicked off, I, I had never paid attention to DMDN. This is a this was a gaping hole in my sort of noise knowledge is I didn't know this, but I was grabbing some pure CDs from Ron and I bought the sling trip. CD yeah. and yep. I put it on. I was like, "Oh, what is this? This is awesome! Like, it really just a great. That's a great disc too. If you're trying to track another one down, grab Sling it's Trip. It's just good noise. Just good noise. It's just great noise. And and, and Sling Trip is a collection of stuff from from his tapes. So it's a track mm-hmm. from from not nothing off this, but a couple of his other tapes. So it's kind of a compilation. Right on. Um, so, so a very cool look at his work. And there's not a. I mean, it's a not a ton a ton of DMDN. I mean, it's a good amount, but it's you know you can. That that CD is a really good overview, and that was uh, my introduction to DMDN, and it was one for for a time. It was I thought it. I remember being, "What is this?" It was because when I first discovered, 
I like I, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but I, when I discovered the ad for the Japanese American Noise Treaty, and I saw CCCC and CCCC, yes, and <laughs> Check <for> MSBR. <laughs> I was so intrigued by what could these four, like four letter abbreviations are so strange to me. Three mm-hmm. makes sense, two makes sense, but four is like was always so weird to me, and especially the four C's, just being like, yes. what, why, that's what a crazy thing to name yourself. So I remember like DMDN being like, oh my God, another one. I got to like hear what it's so, I'm so curious about this. So I remember being so blown away by that one, but at the time having no idea who it was, who, you know, where it was from. I just had the name and the piercing, you know, the lack of information. Um, and so then I came across the gross tape and my... I, I there was a it was a store in it was on tour and I'm not gonna remember what city it was, but they had like I bought they had a bunch of used gross tapes and I bought every single one they had and this <laughs> was one of them. So this I've had this tape for you know, probably since two thousand three, four, something around there, early tour days. Um and it's just one that's always every time I go back to it, it reveals something new and I and it kind of re excites me about it. Yeah, and we magically found it the other day. That well, right. Well, <laughs> no, well, uh, la, it was actually last year that we magically yeah. found it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was actually. It was, uh, you it, know, time is weird. It these was days. actually no. It was around when we did the Ob episode. Yeah. that we pulled it yeah, out. Yeah, we were because we, we were, were on a hunt for gross. Exactly. <laughs> And also, this is one of those tapes where our our tape you can our tape deck has a thing where you it can just do continuous play if you mm-hmm. have that setting. It's a great one to just have continuous play going. I mean, you just let it go. Yeah, even when the, we let this go twice. <laughs> when I put this one on earlier this week, I I listened to it again immediately after playing it. I just hit play again. It has yeah. that thing because there's also like the, it also has a. It's not a painful harsh kind of what we talked about mm-hmm. with the rent. I mean, it is. It it it, it, ha- it it lends itself to be able to listen to multiple times without completely blasting uh, yourself, d- destroying your ears. Because which, you can do that with some third organ. I mean, you it totally punishes you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can do that with Mersbau. You yeah. can do that with a lot of things. Masana, yeah. Yeah. I mean, which is probably part CCC. Of, yeah, C? totally. And what? And totally. What? Throw an extra C in there. C. Yeah. Why not? And that's C-C? what some. C-C? That's what. There's something amazing about that uh, you know there is something great about the the ear shredding you see how much you can handle but that's yeah, fun there is something to also to be said about just being able to just put this on and just let it go and listen to it and listen to it again and it, that's what this tape calls for it's it's that good mm-hmm. you know actually uh while listening to that earlier this week i just remembered another recent listening that i had forgot oh, to mention that? which i also i listened to actually three times in like a 24-hour period the Rita, the voyage of the Decima Moss. Oh, you oh, mentioned right. that to us. You were saying well, you're yeah. it, so, so it's a new, uh, new release. No, 2009. Uh, oh, okay. Live snorkeling source sounds recorded in Pender Harbor, August 19th, 2009. Ocean mic constructed Ooh. by Traumatone, which is uh, Ryan Bloomer's. Uh, I, I don't think he does it anymore, but it was his. He made uh, fuzz pedals and contact microphones and some other stuff. Apparently, um, snorkeling mics. Flatline Construct, Contradict Sound, and uh, and Gods of Tundra alumni. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and this is, uh, it's got great like vintage scuba suit photos in it. And it's it's exactly what it says. It's snorkeling sounds processed by the Rita. Snorkeling sounds made by and processed by the Rita. And it gets harsh and crumbly, but the source material is always kind of creeping through. And 
I I kept listening to it. In fact, I want to put it on again right now, <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> uh, I got a lot of Rita CDs. Uh, this one really jumped out at me and was like, oh, man, this this is a really special one. Uh High high recommendation. I recommend it to the Connellys. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely, you did. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. It's uh, yeah. Anyway, Hell another yeah. little tidbit Sick. of recent listening before there I forget. You go. And Hell yeah, repeated. It's a it's another one that's good for repeated plays. I, I listened to it three times in in the span of twenty four hours. Yeah, um, yeah. And the, like I said, this DMDM calls for that completely. Um, so a little more background on DMDM. I, I we asked him, uh, you know. DMDM began shortly after 320, and we asked uh, if he was interested in exploring uh, different ideas on his own terms, or did he see it DMDM as his as an extension of his work with 320? And this is what he had to say: All members of 320 also made music for themselves from the beginning. So then, everybody already had released solo work on cassette, mainly on Midas tapes or Midas music. Roll was active under the name Mail Cop. G- Giddo was Dwarf Farm, which is awesome. Joe Smolders had his project IOSS, and Peter. De- uh, oh man, Terry, you want to try to pronounce that name? So I we apologize to everybody whose name we are pronouncing Gidu, wrong. Josh Smolders, Peter Dumalinks. There you go. Uh, Peter Dumalinks. Peter Dumalinks um, released a number of tracks under the name Winter. We each had and still have our own interests, and through 20 is a nicely balanced combination of our ideas. But each of us has a strong personal vision of music, and we all have had our own projects alongside through 20. I've always been the most noisy element within through 20. So. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah and, it's and yeah, quite it's, a noisy it, element. 20 is a cool project. We were, we, you know, going over this episode, we were, we were listening to. To some different through twenty stuff to kind of get a gauge of mm-hmm. the comparisons to DMDM and yeah it's you know it's certainly more all, kind of all over the map. There's noisy elements. There's more constructed elements. There's more experimental music, for lack of a better term, elements as well as plenty of noise. You know, um, so it's it, also a great great project to dive into, um, and and another great thing that Jack was involved in is something we have talked about a couple times on this podcast. Oh, yes. And that being the Haters Merzbau shows in 1989 in Holland and France. Uh, through 20 was a part of the, the, the shows were through 20 Merzbau and Haters. That was the lineups. And there's even a through 20 Merzbau split live LP from those shows. And do we find out if um Angelie was playing at these shows? No, that's a different that was a different, different Bordeaux. Y- y- yes, that yeah. was a different gotcha. uh, um s- a series of shows where GX played with Angelie, but this is where you know the great haters Mersbaugh collab live video is from this time that we've referenced multiple times. Um but but uh Jack was part of bringing them over and so uh, we asked him, of course, got any memories from those shows and, and those travels? And this is what he had to say. Yes, sweet memories. <laughs> Peter and I were in the middle of working on the Telecommunique in, in Kunst Festival at the V2 organization. V2 had brought Merzbau to Europe and invited Merzbau to do a performance during this festival. It was his first concert and first European tour. First, first concert in Europe and first <laughs> European tour. V2 had arranged that Merzbaugh would do three gigs in the Netherlands and one in Bordeaux, France. And we played with Thu 20 on the same nights. As And 
the haters also played the Bordeaux for sure, and I believe played all those other nights too, slightly clears. I think some of the lineups maybe maybe the haters played a different night on their on on their own, but uh, the, the the tour was obviously the, this group. And this is a great little great little uh, tidbit, little anecdote. We bought an old army bus with Thu Twenty, and we first left Holland to pick up Franz D. Ward and GX Jupiter Larson. Immediately, the sliding door fell off the bus. The engine kept shutting down, and we started a hilarious bus trip to Bordeaux to join the DMA2 festival. <laughs> I love that. Uh, this, I think, would actually be the same time around the same time that the hater side of that enraptured violence tape in my recent oh, listening. Cool, that was November cool. of '89. I yeah, and and I think didn't GX say he kind of stayed over there after this? Yeah, so I think he was just kind of living over there. over there for a while. It's so cool that you know Jack was right there, part of these shows, part of these legendary shows. You know, back in the '80s. You know. Yes. Telecommunication and art was a festival about the use of new communication technologies, mainly fax, video, television, telephone, and slow scan picture phone. <laughs> I love me some slow scan picture phone. Oh my God. That's what amazing. is slow scan picture phone? Is that a razor phone? I don't know. Oh, I don't you I mean you know that I don't know. I assumed you knew that. No. <laughs> Sounds awesome. What a cool It yeah, sounds like sounds what great. video calling was thought to be in like you know, like Cyberpunk movies, or or Pee Wee Herman's picture phone. There you go. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was the best. Um, killer, killer release, killer project. Dude. Thanks, Jack, for taking the time to answer questions for us. So uh, so cool. So much cool information. So cool to really listen to this now, thinking of it being Jack and Third Organ together. Yeah, it's so nice to like look back at the interconnectivity of everybody and the way that people stayed in touch via not not necessarily phone even like through mail and through the art that they were creating and the, you know, the connections and collaborations that occurred are so inspiring. Awesome. Absolutely. So dive into DMDN. This is a great one. You can pick up the CD, pick up the LP or... Search out for the tape. They're out there, you know. The gro- gross tapes are out mm-hmm. there. They're out there to be to be had. So keep an eye out for it. Of course, the pure CD, uh, another great one uh, to grab. Practically and... free. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So awesome. Well, hell yeah. Thank you, everyone. And again, thank you, Jack. Thank you, Jack. Thank you to our patrons. Always uh, uh, want to say thank you to everyone over there. Uh, if you haven't been over to check it out, head on over to patreon.com slash noise extra. See what we got going on there. Putting up tons of stuff each week. So it doesn't stop. It, it will never stop. <laughs> so thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to noise extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artist for over 17 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. And thanks to our new Patreon supporters, J.S. Aurelius, Damian McPherson, Skeleton Dust, Chance Alewine, Michael Worthy, Brian Sowell, Abnevesha Noise, Graham Shapley, Aiden M., Matt, Standard Gray, 
Eric Ortiz, Barry Nielsen, Ben West, SB, Joe, Lynn Havid, Scott C., Kevin Kerwan, Dean Endress, and Travis Dodge. We really appreciate the support. Thank you so much. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.